This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself as Martinez 5. He yeah. is going to be in touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie of the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It's the final Husker Hour before baseball season. Oh my goodness. Right? It is. And you know Valentine's Day, but baseball season. Got a Valentine, Caleb? Baseball season. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's why I wrapped them all up into one. That's good. Uh, it is Nebraska-Iowa Day again. Today might be the last time for a while that you can say that Nebraska ball beat Iowa the last time they played. Um, they will take the court again uh, later today. Iowa looking for revenge. Luca Garza looking to continue just blitzing the Big Ten. Gosh, but he, uh, he's so good. He was unable to. He was unable to bring it bring it home against the Huskers here at PBA. We'll yeah. see how it goes in Iowa unable City. to. Other than you know getting what was it, eighteen points, sixteen boards, oh, or sixteen points. Yeah, he got his yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's also Nebraska Paul's last win. Yeah, you know, like I as think... as long ago as that was, that's that you got the win against Iowa at home. Things feel really good. Yeah. You are seven and eight, and then now seven and fifteen, going to Iowa City against an Iowa team that, other than getting curb stomped by Purdue this week, giving up nineteen three pointers. Iowa has looked as good as anyone else. A Purdue team that Nebraska has also beaten. Yeah, you know, Nebraska's on top of that triangular <laughs> standings, as Jack Mitchell talked about. Yeah. Beat both Purdue and Iowa. Iowa sitting in third place in the triangular. We'll see how see how this wraps up the rest of the way. You hate to, you hate to see it. A um, lot to get to. Uh, we've got, obviously, Nebraska ball discussion. We'll uh, take a closer look at that Nebraska-Iowa matchup, round two. For 2019 2020. Uh, XFL starts today. There's a yes. few former Huskers in action. Uh, you had a chance to catch up with one of them. That'll be uh, an exciting conversation. Yeah, I was able to uh, talk with Brandon Riley. So, not just a former Husker, but, you know, yeah. folks in Lincoln may have known that name before he was a Husker oh, yeah. as well, Southwest grad. Uh, so, From the Silverhawks to the Battlehawks. Yeah, Jack already made that made that yesterday. I didn't hear it, so it's it's okay. Um, but yes, he's both dads. Yeah, that that's the bigger part there. But yeah, yeah. great catching up with Brandon. Um, and there's four other Huskers yes. in the in this XFL getting really a second chance, a rebirth on careers. Um, because as as I talk with Brandon, you know he undrafted free agent and then mm-hmm. bounced around some scout squads, had some injuries. Just sometimes things don't work out. Yeah. But you know what? He's got Demorne Pearsonell as a teammate again. Yep. Those, those are those two are one and two on the slot receiver depth chart for the St. Louis BattleHawks. Um, I'm excited to see how this new league goes. I'm excited to see these guys get to continue playing a game that they love. Yep. Uh, you'll have uh, some Nebraska recruiting talk. Even though there were no new additions to the class of 2020, uh, it was. What used to be just signing day, now I think we're going to have to start calling it late signing day and the early signing day, just call it signing day. That yeah. looks like the way things are trending, but uh, the Huskers didn't add anybody else in terms of scholarships. It's more signing celebration day. 
just, it, just finalizes anything, every, everything and yeah, it, you have a chance to talk about it again. If, the, if there's one more guy, because there was a Tagoa Tanaye out of Idaho yeah. that was still up for the Huskers, a three-star defensive end. He went with Utah, um, which I have to say, Utah has the advantage for student-athletes like that. Latter-day Saints, he, yeah. he wants to go on his mission before he gets to campus. That's a great fit for both that university because of it being Utah, and for that young man. So I yeah. so, sometimes we we try to get upset with people saying, "Why wouldn't you pick our school?" Sometimes it just looks like a really good fit, and that looks yeah. like a really good fit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so we've got that all to discuss. Super sixes from Caleb and I uh, later on in today's show as well, and we'll get to last week's poll that we put out there on uh, Twitter. Uh, we'll get that going. Uh, see what the results were and and what that says uh, about. The, the topic of where Nebraska is um, going forward. But before we talk about the Big Red... Wait a minute, did something else happen this week? I want to talk a little bit about the man they call Big Red, Andy <laughs> Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Because oh. I don't know if you saw, right, right after uh, our show last Saturday, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, my man. Oh! Oh, yeah. I must have missed that. You, you must have. I don't know how you could have. Especially seeing uh, me on Twitter as much as you would have. Yeah, Did you, know, you change? Gonna... You changed your name on Twitter, didn't you? Just for now. Just Super for Bolts. Bit. Yeah, it's, it works. Yeah. You know, it's been a it's been a good week, Caleb. It's been pretty sweet. Um, and you got to uh, go to the parade. You took your kids to the parade. I did. Yep. We uh, we ran around in the driveway after the game. Uh, we had some champagne and sparkling grape juice in the house. We all had a toast. Uh, and then, yeah, we went to uh, we went to the parade on Wednesday. I took my three oldest kids. Dad of the year. Um, sure. If you want to call me, I know I probably not, but you know they were they were happy enough. They were a little cold on the walk back. That was about the worst part of it. You did. Ha- I, I remember you saying this though. You did have to convince them that they weren't going to Disney. Also, well, yeah, they got confused because Patrick Mahomes at the end says I'm going to Disney World, and so. They know that you know, the Disney World has a parade. They saw that on Monday. Is that the par- No, that's not the parade we're going to. <laughs> but Patrick Mahomes will still be there. Um, he just won't be waving with Mickey and Minnie. He'll be pouring beer off a double-decker bus into Travis Kelsey's mouth. <laughs> Which we were on that. We were on that corner, by the were way. Were you? I have. I have uh, my. I had my camcorder. I haven't pulled the the video off my camcorder yet. But I have that shot live, like in in all of its glory. And you were the all-around NRG Media parade correspondent i came in on tuesday morning talked a little bit about it for with uh, jack on lnk today and then when i was down there on wednesday i i just thought to myself hey you know what gary sharp's show is on on uh our friend up north i sit next to gary at football games um he has his show going and i was just he's a chiefs fan as well and I knew that he was working, and he had a UNO game that night. He wasn't going to be able to get down to the parade. So I just tweeted at him. I was like, hey, let me know if you need a correspondent for the for the parade. He said, he replied right away. He's like, hey, the line is open, my man. <laughs> so I called him, and I was just interviewing some some people around me and giving him a little taste of the sights. And uh, it was, yeah, it was a good time. It was, um, I, I I still haven't gotten over, like, I'm still re-watching the game. I'm still re-watching the Inside the NFL and the mic'd up and all the stuff on on Chiefs Twitter and ev- just there's all the articles I've I've it's there's so much 
There's so much content, and I I am here for all of but it. But that that's re, that reinforces to me something you and I have talked about before. Yeah. Um, which is so hard right now with some, and we'll bring it into Nebraska with so many Nebraska teams struggling. Mm-hmm. Men's basketball, football, women's basketball over this last stretch. When teams are winning, we're seeking out more to read about it. Yes. So right now, for us and what we do, sometimes it's kind of hard to find that storyline. I'm all. I'm always. I always chuckle a little bit when people accuse the like the World Herald, especially of like being some sort of conspiracy theorist and saying, "Ha ha! Look at you! You must be happy now that the Huskers are losing again, and they didn't make a bowl game, so now you get to bash it." Like, don't people understand that the media is more excited about success of the teams they cover mm-hmm. because that creates more interest and more reading and more content and more subscriptions? Yeah, like it's completely opposite of what certain people think. On that topic of print media, I had friends in St. Louis that were reaching out, and I saw it all over Facebook and Twitter, reaching out to everyone they knew in Kansas City to get the Super Bowl newspaper. Sure. You want that front page. You want to get yeah. that framed because you're a Chiefs fan. You don't, I mean, it's been 50 years. You don't know when the next one's coming. It, the future does look bright. I mean, we also thought the Seahawks were going to go on a run. You just, you never know. Well, they should have gone back to back. Should have. Malcolm mm-hmm. Butler and Marshawn yeah, Lynch. Run the ball. Yeah. But run the ball guy here. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know what that future is going to be. It could be just the one. It could be five or six. Yeah. But they want to go get those newspapers. They want to buy up more of yeah. those. Yeah. And, and, and that's exactly what you're doing is you're looking around for every single thing you can find to read, every little nugget that might tell a slightly different story. Mm-hmm. Yes, all of it. I'm I'm here for all of it. And, yeah, it, it makes you think about – what it will be like around here in Lincoln if Nebraska wins the Big Ten in football, if Nebraska basketball goes to the tournament and just wins one stinking game. Like, the next thing, if the if the baseball team hosts a regional mm-hmm. again and, and wins it and, and heads on to the Super Regionals, wherever those may be, like, those those things that aren't even national championships, like, that's not even the end goal. But even getting back to that point... For any of the three big sports, yeah. with the the three relatively new young head coaches that they have as well, anything like that, you will see. Maybe not to the scale of the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and and what I've reacted to, but you're going to see something pretty close to it. All the you know the World Herald, the Journal Star, twenty four seven Husker Online, our site, everywhere, all the sports talk shows, all the I mean even Jack's show is not a sports talk show, but everybody's going to be listening to it. Because they're going to want to hear what Jack had. Like, all of it, all feeds into it if you have success for the local team. Success is catnip for Husker Nation. Yes, it's much more desirable for the people who cover that sport, that team, that franchise, to have success. It's much more desirable. It's better for business. Sure, 2007, when everything was, you know, burning around Bill Callahan and Steve Peterson, like, that's the first time that anything like that had happened. That was also like good for ratings, if you will, but that's not what you want long term. You want ninety four, ninety five, ninety seven. You want sixty and three. You want dynasties to cover. LSU's social media this oh, past season, yeah. Which, first of all, their social media people, all of the videography that they did, all of the graphics that they did, they were able to show off things from their school because of that success. Yeah, 
that gave them the platform that they would not have otherwise in had. an eight and four year they don't have in a ten and two year they don't have but yeah. because of all of that success they're able to show off all of that and we know Nebraska has all of this mm. you just have to have that platform yeah exactly and 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 when when you have some uh, a fan base that is that is starved especially like that when when you have a fan base that's been beaten down year after year after year to not only fear not make, not making the big shot or getting the big win, uh, but expect to lose in that and to lose like in heartbreaking fashion. That was being a Chiefs fan for years. They lost in a playoff game where the running back fumbled it back to the quarterback and the quarterback scored a touchdown. And then three years later, they lost another playoff game where the quarterback threw a touchdown pass to himself. Like these things came to be expected. And so to finally get over the hump and to reach the summit with maybe the greatest player of all time, just two years into his tenure, like that is monumental in, in the life of a fan. And it lets you, it, it gives you the, uh, it, it, it gives you the, the okay to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm I'm going to get that subscription to the Kansas City Star and I'm going to read everything that they write about this team and the way the Super Bowl went. I'm going to buy a paper even though I don't even live in Kansas. Like that type of stuff happens. I'm, I'm going to, go to, to listen to 4 hours of podcasts yes, today. Yes. Or save it all up and do it when the, you know the next time you have some 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 driving time. Like all of that stuff does not happen if you don't have the success. And to to think that some people don't think that the people who cover media, like the, the, the people who cover the team, don't want the team to win, don't want the, the team to have success, to have uh, a story of somebody's personal triumph after you know tragedy earlier in their life or uh, you know, not, not having all the, the things that, that most people have. Like, those human interest stories get expanded more. The, the players like that. Everybody likes that. And so it, that, it, it's not that I didn't know that before, but having gone through that experience here just recently as a fan, it just it, it brings that to mind again, like, holy crap, what is going what is Lincoln going to look like if and when something something good happens to one of these big sports again? Lincoln was already setting off fireworks after the Chiefs Super Bowl. Well, so. yeah. We look, there's plenty of people <laughs> in the Chiefs Kingdom here in Lincoln, Nebraska and the surrounding areas. And uh good on everybody. Before if you're a we... Chiefs fan out there. This is this is uh, this is for all of us. We've, Before we get to this first work. break, I have to know how many, how how many are, are going to go back to Kansas City? How, how many, many Super Bowl? How many titles oh. with with Patrick Mahomes there set for a payday? We know how much that changes the landscape of the team. Obviously, he's earned it with his talent and his production. Man, I don't know. Like I, it it makes the the way that everything sets up. You want to say like, oh. 10. Easy. Like, Brady, pff, he's going to be in the rearview mirror soon. The Chiefs are going to win every title no in the idea. 2020s. Like, they had to have Ryan Fitzpatrick beat the Patriots late in Week 17 to get the bye. Like, had to have Derrick Henry beat the Ravens. That, well, he knocked out the Patriots and the Ravens. Yeah. Yep. And, like, all these things had to line up. Patrick Mahomes had to come back from a dislocated kneecap. And... The defense had to that they had to figure out their stuff. They came together like all of that stuff had to happen. That being said, 2020 is shaping up to be pretty good because uh, they're still going to have a lot of these pieces together. They're still going to have the the defense will will have kind of congealed and it's going to be able to to sprint a little bit quicker instead of getting off to a lot slower of a start last year. 
I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to be favored to win 2020, but I'm I'm just going to take the one and mm-hmm. be okay with it for now. We can talk about dynasties later. Yeah. Okay. I good. Believe me, I'm very excited about the the possibility of more. I like how level you are about all this. It's been it's been a long time. <laughs> just just still enjoy this one. Yeah, I don't want I don't want dynasty talk yet. I want just to to bask in the glory of <laughs> the discussion on the sideline about what play called a run before third and fifteen and how it worked out exactly how Mahomes <laughs> thought it would. I want more of that in my life first. All right, uh, lots to get to. Thanks for enduring my Chiefs talk. Nate Klaus from Husker Online is going to join us later on to discuss Nebraska's recruiting class, and uh, we're going to have Brandon Riley's chat with Caleb before he makes his XFL debut this weekend. We've got all that and more coming up here on a Saturday morning. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Thank you for joining us here on the KLIN Husker Hour. I'm Cole Stukenholtz. That's KLIN Sports Director Caleb Henry. Nothing but bops on the returns. That's right. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, Caleb, uh, you had a chance to catch up with... uh, Somebody who's playing in the new football league that's just starting this weekend, uh, former Husker, and uh, continuing his football career in uh, a way that he didn't anticipate, maybe. No, and this is, honestly, none of these guys could have anticipated continuing their careers like this, um, because the XFL just had the draft this last October, um, just finalized some rosters in January, didn't really even have the team names until this last fall, Um, but... Happy to have been able to catch up with Brandon Riley. And because this last week closed up kind of the recruiting season uh, in Nebraska, added three more um, walk-ons to get to 22 for the class, uh, started out asking Brandon, what does that mean for Nebraska to have that uh, quality recruiting class as walk-ons coming to Nebraska? Oh, it's huge. And, I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunity and I know Frost, you know, he doesn't judge, you know, scholarship or walk-on, and the best guys are going to play. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for 22 guys there, and, you know, why not be the next great one? Brandon, you've taken advantage of your opportunities, worked yourself into a scholarship at Nebraska, uh, and then once you graduated, bounced around uh, a few NFL places. For for Husker fans, especially back here uh, in Lincoln, just take us through through that journey from wrapping up as a Husker to getting to where you are now as a Battlehawk. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite the journey. You know, I signed as an undrafted free agent to Buffalo. Um, thought I was going to make the team right away, but didn't. They got signed to the practice squad. And then the last five games got moved up to the 53-man roster, which was uh, which was big for me because my, my goal was to make the 53. And then the next next year, training camp, I had a great year. First preseason game, uh, happened to break my ribs pretty bad. And, you know, tried to fight through it, but ended up getting released. And then, you know, sat at home for a while rehabbing that. And then end up signing to the practice squad with Detroit. And then after the season, I went to the Cowboys for a week as they were in the playoffs on practice squad. And then they lost and ended up signing back with Detroit. And then end up doing this last year's training camp with the Steelers and then got released. And, you know, now I'm here in St. Louis and, you know, ready to make a name for myself here. How is St. Louis? Have you been able to go around St. Louis, see the arch, try some of the the Italian food? I went to college by St. Louis, so I have a strong affinity to the area. Do you like it so far? 
Yeah, I do. You know, the fa- the fans are definitely excited to get football back in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, I haven't had a chance to uh, get to a lot of Italian places, but, you know, I'm always up for recommendations. I know everyone down there is going to tell you uh, Emos, but I know you're you're always going to be a, a Valentinos guy uh, at always. heart. Uh, so on the team, looks like a slot receiver, and you know what? There's some competition that you've seen before. What is it like to be going through practices with DeMornay again? Oh, I, you know, I love it. Always good to have a familiar face, and, you know, we have a great room here. Meet a lot of good guys, and, you know, we're just we're always about making one another better and, you know, ultimately bringing a championship for the for the XFL back to St. Louis. There's a lot of different rules with the XFL. It's still football, uh, which you've grown up and which you love, but there's a few different rules. Have you, going through those, is there one of those that's your favorite that you're ready to see how it works on on, on game day when things get going this weekend? Um, I would say uh, having a, a speaker in our helmet. Uh, the, you know, the offensive guy and some defensive have it, so... Literally, the offensive coordinator can just, you know, he can rattle the playoff quick and we can line up quick and play fast. And, you know, I think that's definitely an advantage for the offense. And, you know, it's something I'm looking forward to. And, you know, hopefully the mics don't go out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the the mics are built by someone who uh, did a little bit better than built the app for the Iowa caucuses earlier this week. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, as we're looking at, at this season, as you said, bounced around, had a couple injuries. What what does it mean for you to to still be playing football and, and get this chance with the XFL in their first season? Uh, you know, it's huge. You know, my, you know, say junior of high school, if you'd say, you know, I'd still be playing football at the age of 26 and, you know, getting paid to do it, I probably would tell you you're crazy. But, you know, every opportunity I get, you know, I'm excited for and, you know, just try to make the most of everything. And, you know, I think we have a, a great chance here. We'll wrap things up with this. I know that there's only the eight teams, so they get big regions as a number of places try to try to want their own XFL teams. Are you planning your flag for Lincoln? Because there's, there's five Huskers in the XFL that we've seen on rosters. I think you've got the biggest claim of all. Are you taking uh, Lincoln for the Battlehawks? For sure. I, I better be. If they go somewhere else, then you know, I'm going to have to have some choice words with them. But, <laughs> no, you know, definitely having me in Des Moines here. You know, it's an easy drive, or they have direct flights from Omaha. So, you know, I, have an, I know I have a lot of family and friends planning to fly out, drive out to all the home games. So, you know, I'm looking forward to having the support from, from back home. Hey, Brandon, we're looking forward to seeing how this season goes this weekend, throughout the rest of the season, and looking forward to seeing you continue to succeed. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. So that was my uh, conversation with Brandon Riley. I, you know, the rule that he said, and I can understand it from an offensive guy, that that would be his favorite rule, getting the speaker into the helmet. Because a yeah, play can finish for all, up for everybody on for offense. everyone on offense. So the play finishes up, and they can already have the next play being called to them, and they can be getting set up immediately. Yeah. Rather than having to relay stuff to the quarterback, the quarterback relay it to everyone else, yep. get the calls, get all the hand signals. I, I really like that from the offensive standpoint. And that's yeah, one of the things be, the XFL is trying to do is trying to make it an entertaining game. Running clock as well. Yeah. So it's not going to be three-and-a-half, four-hour games. Yeah. So you've got Brandon Riley and Demorne Pearsonell, both with St. Louis. Um, Alonzo Moore and Mohamed Cisse are both with the Seattle Dragons. Seattle Dragons. And then Gerald Foster is... With the Tampa Bay Vipers. Tampa Bay Vipers. Um, can we just discuss how terrible the L.A. franchise's nickname is? The Wildcats. Yeah. I mean, you could have got, like, so, I was thinking about this. You could have gone with, like, 
like you have the Hollywood Hills, you could say the Hill Cats. Oh, that would have or, been solid. You know, the the San Bernardino Valley, the Valley Cats. You know, or hey, it's sunny California, the Sun Cats. Like you could have gone any number of ways if you wanted to say, hey, we're the Cats, the Wildcat. There's like fifty different colleges that are named the Wildcats. My my theory is you can never have very uncreative. You can never have a mascot that was used in High School Musical. Ooh, yeah, that's a good. That rule. That, that feels that's like a, a solid rule. life rule. Uh, it's still a better yeah. than the DC Defenders. No, I'm fine with that. Who have a shield a as lo- their logo? I could make that. I could Google right now. No, make look, a logo. The logo stuff. That's fine. We can get into that too. What are they defending though? I don't know. What's New York guarding? Are they gonna? Are the they gonna? Guardians. Are they gonna score any points? Or do they literally just have defenders everywhere. In in a in a big ironic twist, the DC defenders have the worst defense in the that XFL. That would be awesome. Before we get to the break and get to Nate Klaus, who's your team? XFL team. I'm I'm already firmly in the St. Louis BattleHawks yeah, uh, sure. nation. Who, yeah, who are you going? St. Louis. All right. Yeah. Because what was the uh, what was the AAFL uh, team that? The, had a whole bunch of was that you Salt Lake City Salt Lake City yeah. yeah so I went with the one that had the most it was like close in proximity and a lot of former Huskers I was I was Salt Lake all the way and yeah so this is our closest with a pair yep. of Huskers yeah I'm good there we go I'm good with that Battlehawks Nation in Lincoln Battlehawks Nation here on the KLI and Husker Hour <laughs> that's right we are. Uh, we are hardcore fans, and we will be watching the XFL this weekend. You can read more about uh, XFL starting this weekend in my conversation with Brandon Riley at KLIN.com. Yes, very good story. Get to KLIN.com and check out Caleb's writings. Um, good stuff there. All right, next up, Nate Klaus, Husker Online. We're going to talk Nebraska's recruiting class. It officially wrapped on Wednesday, even though it's pretty much been in place since the early signing day. Uh, we'll get to that and more Nebraska ball discussion and Caleb and I's Super Sixes. When we return here on the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour here on 1400 KLIN. If you missed any of Caleb's conversation, with St. Louis Battlehawk wide receiver Brandon Riley. You can catch up with all of that on the KLIN podcast page, uh, the KLIN Husker Hour podcast page at KLIN.com. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook at KLIN Huskers. Um, still uh, going to chase down Nate Klaus. We might try him in the next segment. Until then, Caleb, uh, why don't we just use this time to get to our Super Sixes? Now that the class is official, no new scholarship additions on Wednesday, which was uh, what used to be the national holiday. It was for me. I was down at the Chiefs Parade. Yeah. Um, but it's not really as big a deal as it was because, what, 80-some percent of all uh, student-athletes it was, had already signed in December? Yeah, for football, it was just under 80%. Yeah, 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 for um, football. But I remember back in 2009, I signed on the first Wednesday in February. Mm-hmm. And I just have to say that was no big that, deal. well, yeah, no big deal. Like just kind of subtle flex, by the way. Um, but <laughs> right now, everyone there's Periscope, Twitter's so big. Yep. Um, literally, anytime someone gets an offer, they tweet it out there. Yeah. I remember signing, and I signed a Division One track scholarship. Let's keep in mind with a class of twenty two kids mm-hmm. at a public school in Central Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Again, no big we, deal. You know, just more subtle flexes, but. I we brought out a folding table. Uh-huh. I had my parents and my sisters, my our head track coach, one of our assistant basketball coaches, 
and then the light, the school photographer. That was it. I was in jeans and a hoodie. Yeah. No, no table skirt. No nothing. And now I know if someone signs an NAIA scholarship, they bring the whole class into the gym. Yeah. You you go anywhere. There's big signing ceremonies at every school. Yeah. And I'm not saying that out of out of spite. I'm saying that's fantastic. Because just the way it's gone in, in 10 years mm-hmm. that celebrate those achievements for young people making those decisions to go yeah. further their career but get to go play a game that they love. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's great. I think that, look, some some people do take it pretty far. Like, you have the hat ceremonies. You got all the attention. Some people just grab the wrong hat and then put it down and pick up the one. Yeah, and, yeah. Or you take you unzip your one one hoodie and it's got the <laughs> school and then you're like, nope. And, and you then you take off that, off that hoodie. hoodie. And you got the right, you know. Like there's a lot of production value with some of these, but no, to your point, it is it is cool that you can you can celebrate the achievements of these kids that they have in high school so much so that they're going to get their their college paid for. There's a whole different discussion than the NIL stuff, but still, it is pretty cool to, to be able to celebrate that on on a scale that you did not enjoy mm-hmm. uh, back uh, ten years ago. Um, and and so in in that sense, let's. let's I think celebrate. my Facebook post had like seven likes when I said I signed my. I signed my NLI today for SIUE. Got like seven likes on Facebook. Went straight home and watched it and saw it go nowhere and just cried well, yourself I, to sleep. I don't even think it was a, oh, I got to see what see what kind of hits I get on social media. It was just, yeah. okay, whatever. Facebook's yeah. kind of new. <laughs> Facebook's kind of new. I was on the original Facebook when it was just for college, college kids. <laughs> that's an age that's, flex. That's my low-key flex. <laughs> Seeing but, as how I was hey, not a Division One athlete, let's talk about the seventeen, eighteen-year-olds that, you yeah, know, yeah, or some of them, a let's couple years old, celebrate their high school accomplishments, like like we were just talking about. Yeah, all right. So let's get super sixes. Um, I will go through. Uh, let's do this. I'll I'll go my top three, then we'll go your top three, and then we'll finish it out with. The I got to go top three now, and okay. then and then down to the sleeper. All right. Okay. All right. So I'm going to go my first three. So my number one is Turner Corcoran. Yep. Tackle. It's a position where Nebraska has not had a lot of bodies that are your prototypical tackles. We've talked for two years, I feel like, about, well, Matt Farniok's not really a tackle. He's a guard, but he's playing tackle because Nebraska doesn't have any other good options at the position. So to have Turner Corcoran, um, maybe a guy who came in in last year's class, uh, the name escapes me, he was from um, Bryce Benhart. Mm-hmm. Maybe Bryce Benhart's able to play out at tackle this year and allow Matt Farniok to slide inside to guard. Maybe not. Uh, but you've got another very prototypical tackle body with Turner Corker and 6'6", 285. And again, inside the 500-mile radius, it's been a big point of contention, point of emphasis for this staff. He's from Lawrence, Kansas. Nebraska got him early, and he's number one for me. Number two, Omar Manning. Um, he's a junior college kid. He's not going to have four years to contribute, but size need at the position, not only for bodies, but for his size. Um, and, and the fact that he's going to be able to come in with junior college experience, uh, and, and have a, an easier transition to the college game, to the, to the division one college game, um, uh, than a high school guy. That's why I'm going Omar, man. He's six four two twenty five. Uh, Lancaster High School in Texas went to TCU initially went then went to Kilgore Community College he is my number two a very sorely needed big body at the wide receiver position and number three is Keyshawn Green inside linebacker out of Crawfordville Florida 6-3-2-10 extremely highly rated it was a big coup when Nebraska was able to get his commitment Uh, and another position of need where you have a lot of guys at inside linebacker uh, but not a lot of proven guys 
Uh, Will Honus returns, uh, but you lost Mo Berry. The year before that, you lost Dedrick Young. A lot of production at the inside linebacker position uh, is now missing. I don't know that Keyshawn Green comes right in and does the job. Um, Colin Miller and Will Honus figure to be the starters for 2020, uh, but I think he provides some depth pretty quickly uh, and, a, and a lot of athleticism as well. So those are my top three, Corcoran, Manning, and then Keyshawn Green. So we've got a couple of the same just off the top here. All right. And I do want to let you know I did number these before you started going through them. You did not? I or... did number them oh, you before did. you started talking. Perfect. Corcoran number one. Yep. And I think that that's that's pretty easy there. Highest rated recruit as well as such a need on that offensive line. Yeah. Um, I know you talked about him as a tackle in the All-American game. He did play guard. So we're able to see him slide around a little bit. He does have the athleticism to play guard, play on that inside part of the line, and pull. And he actually pulled and led on some in that All-American game, um, set a couple key blocks that actually led to a touchdown. Um, so Corcoran, like you said, just far and away number one. Omar Manning, number two. Um Yes, he only has the two years because as a junior college player, but because of his size and what I think he's going to be able to do over the next two years and what he's going to change in the minds of this coaching staff, because this is a different type of player than this coaching staff has ever had. Yeah. With, their, with his size, being able to just be a jump ball guy but also stretch the defense, I think that long-term, more than the numbers he's going to put on the field, is going to change some of what this coaching staff thinks they need to do with at least one or two recruits, that they have to have a guy like this. Um, So we're the same, Corcoran and Manning at two. And then I have Savion Morrison, number three, running back out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, broke a great, great high school rushing record. Tillman, I think, believe was the last name, played at Oklahoma in the 80s. and then Oh, Spencer Tillman. Spencer Tillman, yeah. yeah. He does um, uh, broadcasting for CBS yeah. now. Um, All-American at Oklahoma, which mm-hmm. if you were an All-American running back at Oklahoma in the 80s, you were kind of good. They won national titles. Won a Super Bowl with the 49ers mm-hmm. um, and flat out destroyed that high school rushing record. Yeah. Six foot tall, or six, yeah, six foot, 200 pounds, um, does not have the biggest arms out of this <laughs> recruiting class. Yeah. That 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 goes to a, another young man who was a you know a weightlifting champion in high school. Yeah. But I think Savion has a chance to come in. You you've really only got Ramir Johnson. I would say backup for running back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then why why did I just blank on it? Dedrick Mills. Mills? I was like, yeah. why? It was the only guy that was you know an yeah. actual running back at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, those are really only those are your top two in the depth chart. There's going to be a chance for one of these freshmen to go get carries and then yeah. take that momentum going forward. I think it's going to be Savion Morrison. Yeah. So those are your top three. Uh, my fourth is Jaden Francois, uh, cornerback. Uh, is a position to to start to look at now. Lamar Jackson uh, is on his way to the NFL Combine. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle's heading into his senior year. I think Jaden Francois can be a playmaker out of the corner position. He's got size. They really like the size at corner. Uh, he's six foot one eighty five from uh, South Dade in Florida City, Florida. Um, that's a Miami suburb, and uh, he was a big get as well, a four star commit. Number five, Logan Smothers. I'm putting the quarterback in my Super Six, even though. Uh, you know, conventional wisdom being what it is. Oh, well, he's never going to see the field. You got Adrian Martinez. You got Luke McCaffrey. Well, you know, look, I think Logan Smothers is a very athletic kid. He's a very tough guy. He played in his uh, state semifinal or final with like bruised ribs or broken, broken ribs. ribs. So look, that guy is not going to back down from a fight. He's going to stay in the battle. He's going to stay in the battle. Quarterbacks, I know they're notorious for transferring, but um, you know what? I'm just I like the way the kids made up. 
Uh, he didn't have a ton of hype like the last two quarterbacks that Nebraska's gotten, uh, but I think he's got the makeup to stay in the fight and 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 eventually start for a year or two for Nebraska uh, and have success doing it. So I'm going to go with Logan Smothers, number five for me. And number six, uh, your guy who was at number three, Savion Morrison. Um, at the running back spot, might have a chance to make an early impact, but even if he doesn't, um, I think he's got uh, a, a lot of contributions he can make over a career here at Nebraska. You'd already mentioned the size, six foot two hundred. Um, with Dedrick Mills entering his senior year, he could be the big body to replace him to go with a lot of these scat backs that they have who can play receiver or running back like Wandale Robinson. Um, so I like Savion Morrison as my number six out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. My number four, and this is one you had uh, in your top three, Keyshawn Green. Yep. Um, got a chance not just to add depth, but you know can work himself actually into starting with that inside linebacker position mm-hmm. um, as you already talked about. He's a big guy at inside linebacker, six yeah. three over two hundred pounds. Uh, that was a, as Coach Frost said, kind of a miracle even getting him for one. Yeah. Now we kind of take different routes with our five and six here. All right. My number five, I'm going. We, you already talked about a defensive back with Francois. I like Henry Gray. Yeah. Um, which first of all, one of the best recruiters in this class, mm. going through as much as he was on social media. Early enrollee, six foot at the safety position. Um, also out of Hollywood, Florida, so that's just another Miami, another suburb. Miami suburb. Yeah, uh, teams literally did not throw his way. They would not throw his way. And I, I th- looking at what Henry Gray and as early as he committed, I think he's got a chance because he's he's here already. He's on campus. He's got a shot to really help shore up that secondary along with Francois. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my number six, and this goes along with uh, my number two, Omar Manning. My number six, I'm going with Xavier Betts. I think because of what this staff is going to see that they're able to do with Omar Manning, Xavier Betts is a very similar build to Omar Manning. It is a big guy who can stretch the field, and we saw in that Bellevue West go and really tear up some defenses. Um, so I think they're going. This staff is going to see what they're able to do with Omar Manning, and Xavier Betts is going to take it to another level. Yeah, I like it. Betts is my sleeper. Um, I. I... The the academic part of it is it kind of scares you a little bit because you don't know if that guy is going to be able to to finish his career. But made it here, that's a big step. Um, and I also got a little spooked because Jalen Bradley did not finish his career. The last guy who came from Bellevue West, my alma mater, with academic issues, uh, didn't finish his career either. So I didn't put him in my super six, but I got him as my sleeper because I do think he will contribute um, if he if he can stay on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Who's your sleeper? My sleeper, my dark horse. It's another early enrollee. On the defensive side of the ball, Blaze Gunnerson, outside okay. linebacker, yeah. six foot six, two hundred fifty pounds. There are two things you cannot teach in sports: you cannot teach speed, and you cannot teach size. Nope. And you've got size right yep. there with yep. Mister Blaze Gunnerson coming out of Iowa. That's a that's a good get to go within that five hundred mile radius. Mm-hmm. But to pull someone out of Iowa, I think what he's going to be able to do has the potential on the defensive side of the ball to absolutely wreak havoc yeah i look gunnerson um i i was tempted for him nash hutmacher was on my short list as well yep. the polar bear yep um and and you know one of those other guys at wide receiver i almost had elante brown in my uh super six too um, and i was going back and forth on on marvin scott the third out of yeah, florida yeah, running, running back, back there he was the one who was the weightlifting champion yeah look there's the the, the point of the recruiting class is you don't have to hit on everybody but you have to hit on enough of them mm-hmm. um to make it worth your while and so, man, we've already seen that transition class just decimated by transfers, um, and so this one is pretty critical, I think, to 
Scott Frost tenure and and where the direction of it is going to go. Um, if you can hit on enough of these guys and enough of them are contributing, uh, maybe not all you know, maybe not all the way up at a Big Ten, all Big Ten level, but you know, being multi-year starters, being con- you know con- consistent contributors, game in and game out, that's going to be important for this program going forward if you're going to have long-term sustained success under Scott Frost. So that that brings us to our poll question. We're trying to get these going every week. Um, so our weekly poll for this week, how does this latest football recruiting class change your outlook for 2020? Better? Worse? They're going to make a bowl game anyway, no matter who they brought in? Or, doesn't matter who was brought in, no bull regardless. They weren't making it either way, yeah. You can go to our uh, Twitter page, at Huskers to vote. We'll give you the results next week. Um, Last week you said uh, when we talked about how do you feel about starting a football season with a Thursday game against a conference divisional opponent, yeah. 51% said indifferent. Eh, whatever. It's the start of a season. You know, Doesn't matter I mean, who you're playing. That's kind of where I'm at, too. It, it would be different if you had a Thursday game in season because you have a shorter week to prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's not a huge deal necessarily because school hasn't really kicked in yet. But Minnesota, and this is why it came up. Minnesota, uh, I don't think it's been officially announced by Nebraska, but it's it's been put out there by Minnesota. And Nebraska has changed off. their schedule, yeah, to to reflect on Huskers.com. Yeah, so they have. Okay, so that's basic. That's as official as then, you're getting, yeah, I guess. Basically, Minnesota does this literally every year. They start with a home Thursday game. They've only had once year. since 2010, and that was because it was in 2011. Yeah. They started on the traditional Saturday. But every year, except for one since 2010, yep. have started on that Thursday. At home. At at home. Well, actually, they even had one on the road that one they started on Thursday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, at home, because of the Minnesota State Fair, mm-hmm. they use that parking area. Yeah. Which, you know, that makes sense, especially for folks that are going to go to that State Fair. Yep. You get to go take in a home football game. Yeah. Stick around for the State Fair. Yeah, absolutely. So that will be uh, the poll question that you can vote on uh, going forward throughout this week. Uh, when we come back, we're going to see if we can get a hold of Nate Klaus from HuskerOnline.com. Uh, we'll get a little bit more into the recruiting if we do reach Nate. Uh, if not, we got plenty of more to get to. Nebraska ball in action against Iowa today. Softball began, softball began their season actually Thursday. Got their first win yesterday. Yep. Softball's underway. Baseball will be uh, looking at a game result by the time we are next with you on Saturday. They started against Baylor on Friday this week. Um, So uh, lots of sports kicking into gear. We've got plenty to get to here coming up. Don't uh, go anywhere. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you a complete review of the Huskers news this week. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio. 1400 KLIN. KLI and Husker Hour here with you on your Saturday morning. I do want to clarify in my Super 6. Okay. Just clarify because, away. Because you, you put the quarterback, Logan Smothers, in there. Yes. Um, And I need to... You want to clarify I feel like don't I, hate Logan Smothers? Yes, That's I, a good thing to clarify. Yeah. I feel like I need to validate why he's not in my Super 6 right now. And that is because of the talent that is in front of him. Sure. I know anything can happen. Someone can transfer. Someone can get hurt. Knock on wood, we don't want any of that to happen. We know we've seen that. But there's a lot of depth in that quarterback room. Yes. And realistically, at this point, three guys ahead of Smothers. Yeah. And even Smothers is going to redshirt this year. Next year, there will still be, likely, three guys ahead of Smothers. Adrian Martinez isn't going pro as a 
I don't think no, 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 not unless not something happens. No. I, I don't, unless he has a Joe Burrow's year, I guess. But, Joe Burrow year would be nice. And I mean, I'd take it. But I think Logan Smothers realistically starts one year if everything stays pat. Mm-hmm. Now, if he goes in and starts two years, yeah, you could have a bigger impact. But I'm trying to, when you do this, you've got to try to forecast what that depth is going to be, how many years they're going to have, what that impact is going to be down the road. Yep. I see him being a one-year starter, having a very, very good one year, but I, I'm trying to not anticipate the, the transfers. Noted. Caleb Henry, not a Logan Smothers hater. That's no. good. How can, you ha- how can you hate someone when the coach <laughs> on early signing day said his favorite recruiting meal was at was by Smothers' mother and grandmother? Yeah. I mean, Smothers' mother. Smothers' mother and grandmother. That's a lot of alliteration. Grandmother Smothers. Grandmother. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. That's a dad joke worthy of Jack and I. There we go. All right. Um, hey, uh, speaking of um, football players, uh, there were uh, four Huskers announced on the list of combine invitees. Yes. Um, was it last year or the year before when Nebraska didn't even have a single player? Last invited? year had just one. It was just one last year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the year before that, maybe it was nobody. I don't remember. Yeah, I did. At any rate, this is more than Nebraska's had the last two years combined, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so you have Darian Daniels, Lamar Jackson, Carlos Davis, and Khalil Davis. And the Davis? All black shirts. The Davis twins, and this is one of the coolest things. Because they did track, mm-hmm. they are eight-time letter winners Oh, for Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. The, they are the ninth and tenth eight-time letter winners for Nebraska men's sports. Ever. Ever. That's pretty good. That's pretty cool that you just rounded out the first 10 mm-hmm. to ever do that at the University of Nebraska. Yeah. Think about the number of athletes that have come through here. And yes, a majority of those are playing just one sport. To, be, to do both of those sports and to letter in them and be somewhat successful. Yep. Um, we saw Jurgens last week throw the shot put pretty darn well. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, that to me, as someone who did multiple sports through high school. And I know a lot of folks did did a bunch of sport did a bunch of sports in high school, but it's always what would that look like at the next level? Could I go do maybe division two? Could I do two sports? Could I do two at, at, at NAI? These guys did it at the division one level in a power five conference. Yeah. And so they, they showed that athleticism. Even could have used them maybe to to wreck things a little bit more on the defensive end, but they got that invite. And that's something Nebraska football has been missing for a couple of years. Yeah, and so you would think that Lamar Jackson's projected it in most of the mocks I've seen at like third round. Yeah, third day round. Day two pick. Um, Daniels, Davis, Davis, they're probably going to be a day three or undrafted free agent type of deal. Uh, but hey, all, all four of those guys getting combine invites, that's a big step in terms of uh, making that NFL dream come true. And this is where you can move up draft boards. Yes. Like yes. You can take away everything that happened on Saturdays over their career, now you have a chance to move up draft boards. You can say, hey, here's what the raw numbers are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, before we get to our last break here, uh, so we've got Nebraska men and women in action this weekend. Uh, the guys are against Iowa yep. today in Iowa City at 5 o'clock. You can hear pregame right here on KLIN. Um, the women in action as well, that's tomorrow. Um, they're taking on number 18, Indiana. That's a 2 o'clock tip. Yep. That one over on B1073. But yeah, it's uh, both men's and women's taking on ranked opponents, and the women have dropped three in a row, I believe six of their last eight. Men have dropped seven in a row. Last win was against Iowa here in Lincoln. Got to have, in 
with this men's game on the road, doesn't really look likely, but you got to have a get-right game. Mm-hmm. Women definitely need a get-right game. They have fallen um, to where they're out of bracketology. Not good. Um, whereas a couple weeks ago they were squarely in in a 10 seed and then they fell to an 11 in the last four in. Yeah. Now they're squarely out. Got to finish uh, the last part of the season, get into the Big Ten tournament where you're projected in. Are the men still in bracketology? Is that no? Dickie V shot down all of my hopes and dreams. (laughs) Oh, I I gotta say that was my favorite tweet of the week. Even with all the Chiefs stuff, Dickie V replying directly to you and your sarcastic. Hey, he said (laughs) fifteen losses, you could still get a bid. I said Nebraska basketball seven and fifteen, there's a chance, and he said no chance. Oh, just destroyed me. That was fantastic. (sighs) Right at you, <laughs> Dick Vital himself. The dagger. Yeah. It's a dagger, baby. Oh, man. All right, back to wrap it up next. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Husker football, basketball, baseball, and beyond. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Back here to wrap this thing up. Cole Stukenholtz with Caleb Henry and... Uh, Busy weekend and week ahead, and some new sports getting back into action uh, for Nebraska. It's baseball and Ooh. softball season. Okay, so a lot going on now that we've got the, the spring sports kind of going on. But today you've got softball taking on Bradley and UTEP. Men's basketball is at Iowa at 5. That's here on KLIN. Tomorrow you've got softball and wrestling both going. Women's basketball hosting Indiana at 2 on B1073. Men's basketball on Tuesday at Maryland at 7.30 on KLIN. Thursday, women's basketball against Penn State at 7 here on KLIN. And then next Friday, softball at Georgia Tech, wrestling versus Michigan, baseball at Baylor, 635 here on KLIN. Baylor, 14 upperclassmen suspended for hazing, and they're going to stagger those suspensions. Not like they still have 21 other guys. 14 suspensions. That is crazy. So... Uh, Nebraska's got a good shot to win the series down there. Again, they did last year. They had to move it from Lincoln. Uh, That's all coming up this week. Thanks for joining us. Go Chiefs, Super Bowl champs, and go Big Red.